how many people hit your website and then bounce? A lot, yeah. right? Yeah. A good number. How many people are in a Walmart and leave with an empty basket? Like none, right? Yeah. So the value of being so close to the product and so close to the point of sale and knowing that you're gonna, you're gonna complete that. Hello and welcome to IntentWise Connect. I am Srinath Reddy, CEO of IntentWise. Today's conversation is with Trevor Sumner, a serial entrepreneur who has built multiple businesses. And most recently, he was the founder of a leading digital shopper marketing platform called Perch. Rethink Retail recognizes Trevor as one of the top 100 retail influencers of 2022. And as an aside, Trevor and I worked together in our first jobs at a software company called Trilogy back in the 90s. In this episode, we spoke about the future of retail media, especially in the context of physical stores. So let's let's yeah. uh, let's dive in. Um, you know what what so this buzz about retail media. Um, you know it's been around for what three four years now. What do you, from your standpoint, make of all of this? Oh, it's about damn time, right? <laughs> I mean, the retailers and the brands have been seeding margins to Amazon, to Facebook, to Google. They let themselves be disintermediated, not have a direct relationship with their customer. They let customers come in the store and walk out and just be like, <laughs> I don't even know who that was. Like, you know, who runs a business like this, right? And you know, it's a shame that like, I mean, if you think about how much Amazon had to make before it really kind of got on their radar, right? Sure. Um, you know, it, we need to get to a point where retail can leverage technology and really drive the innovation. And yeah. I actually think that in-store is is one of those ways that they, that, that they have advantages. And yeah. I'm hoping, I continuously hope as I, you know, when I came into the retail business, everybody was talking about a retail apocalypse. And I was like, this is silly. Like, look at the numbers. And, you know, uh, it's just that retailers have not been able to monetize a lot of the assets they've had. And and I think it's been a real wake-up call. COVID has certainly been a real wake-up call in terms of, you know, shoring up, like, inventory. Like, which products do you have at which stores and, like, pricing and supply chains and logistics? Like, you know, it was just too lax. And now we've got these kind of fundamental layers figured out around customer identity, products, yeah. you know, data and reporting, and now marketing, right? And if you put these all together as foundational layers, you can start building really cool experiences. But, you know, in many ways, you know, COVID helped create a perfect storm where they could now innovate because they had to get the foundational layers correctly. And I think, you know, direct to consumer and e-commerce only players had advantages there for a long time yep. because they were all electronic, right? Yep. And, uh, you know, I, I talked to a friend at Banana Republic who was talking about how difficult they had to roll out a, a new point of sale because they couldn't get internet at some of their stores. It's like, and this was like four or five years ago. Like, you're like, it's yep. 2015, man. Like, really? <laughs> so... You know, these foundational layers are setting the the path for, I think, much more accelerated innovation, especially around in-store. And retail media is the obvious one because 
you're taking advantage of audiences, there's clear monetization metrics, and the growth has been rapid. Yep. Yeah, and, and so, you know, to your point, um, you know, when you, when you look at the relative sizes and relative advantages, right? So Amazon, uh, I was looking up some stats, they get about 2.5 billion visitors uh, or visits a month, I think. And Walmart yep. is around 400 or so. But then when you look at physical stores, right? Walmart has 5,000 stores approximately, I think in the US. Uh, Amazon, mm-hmm. if you, you know, through Whole Foods is about 500. So you could just see those differences and distinct points of advantages, right? Um, and, you know, what? so one question I have is, the way I understand is retailers are low margin businesses, right? Um, and perhaps that also gets in the way of aggressive tech and innovation investments. But how should, if you think about two classes of players in retail media, the pure play online ones like Amazon and Instacart and everybody else uh, whose real strength is physical stores like Walmart, Target, the list goes on. How should each of these categories play to their, especially the ones that were physical stores is their strength. How should they play that to their advantage going forward in retail media? Yeah. So, you know, you, you hit on, on a key point, which is like where your audience is at. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you know, it's very easy to go from Walmart to Amazon, right? It's pretty yep. hard to go from inside a Walmart to, you know, where else in, like, like you're going to get your car and drive to Target, like to the grocery yep. store. I mean, like that's yep. that the switching cost is high. And if yep. you look at it, there's a study by Insider Intelligence that showed that like online audiences represent less than 20% of fast moving consumer goods brands, total customer base. So, yes. and then you think about in store, they're, they're, they are shopping, right? How many, yep. you know, how many people hit your website and then bounce a lot, yeah. right? Yeah. A good number. How many people are in a Walmart and leave with an empty basket? Like none, right? Yeah. So the value of being so close to the product and so close to the point of sale and knowing that you're gonna, you're gonna complete that. Yeah. I think they're also much more valuable audiences. And so, you know, I think, look, the, the thing about digital is it's so easy to scale. Uh, Esther Dyson called the internet a great, co- you know, like copy machine, right? You can copy content, you can, you know, it, these things are so easy to scale. Like you, you build a piece of infrastructure, you can put it on every page. Now you, you have a screen. Well, you know, screen in a physical store, like that costs money, that like you have to run power, you yep. have to, you know, put it in, there's maintenance and all these other things. The physical world is hard, right? You know, I, I think yeah. about you know what puts the hard in hardware. Yeah. And 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 it's costly, and it's you know it, you have to maintain it, um, and you have to be thoughtful because you can't change it all the time. You know, because yep. it's got real atoms and physical. Yeah. However, the audiences are much more valuable, and so you know, uh, in store was always going to kind of like you know lag some of the innovation of of online, but. You know, if you think about, okay, great. I see an ad for a brand. Where can I buy that brand? Let's say it's Johnson Johnson. Let's say it's a Neutrogena ad just yep. because I got, you know, Johnson Johnson's a client. Where can I buy Neutrogena products? Literally everywhere, right? I can buy them at the grocery store. I can buy them online. I can go to CVS. I can go, you know, all these different places. And so that ad can influence my buying on lots of different touch points. However, if you're Amazon, you can only look at the Amazon ecosystem, right? You know, True. Walmart has 
online, in-store, the ability to attribute and multi-paths of the journey. And, you know, I think that that is a real big advantage on the data side of the house. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, if you're on Walmart online, there's a good chance you're going to Walmart in-store. There's a lot of correlation there. And, you know, in grocery, 94% of sales happen in-store. So, okay, build your retail media network, sow some advertising, but did you affect that 94% of sales that have to happen in store? Yeah. If you're not making that connection, you're really yes. losing out on, 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 on attribution. Yeah, so totally. I, I think that's where, that's where we've just got to get a lot better. Totally makes sense. Like my, um, out of my own purchase behavior in our house, uh, kids get on the target app, place some orders. And, uh, and uh, you know, one of them tells me, dad, you need to go pick up, pick up that order. I drive up, <laughs> they have this great app and someone puts it in my trunk, I'm right back, right? So th that, to your point, that connection between uh, shopping online, but ultimately physical interaction is happening everywhere. And how much are these retailers going to exploit that is probably yep. going to determine how big their opportunity is going to get. <laughs> and great, right? Like what percentage of time do you go to Target and then walk in the store? Not uh, me personally, not very often, but, <laughs> but <laughs> your kids, but I do that. I, ordering. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, see, I'm, always, I'm constantly like, I need lemons. I need that. Da, 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 yeah. da, da. Like I, I shop at Trader Joe's, but I will only mm -hmm. eat Hellman's mayonnaise. I will not eat whatever that is that they, not that it's bad. <laughs> it's just not Hellman's. So right. like the number one reason people, the retailers op you know, open up Opus is to, you know, obviously reduce the cost of delivery, which is unsustainable. Yep in a lot of categories at grocery, but also second is to drive them into the store, right? Totally. And, and all of that attribution modeling is only starting to begin. That's why, you know, you look at Kroger's earnings, they focus on rewards, right? Yep. We want you signed up for rewards so we can understand that Trevor in store is the same as Trevor online and I have a full purchase history. Um, Isn't you know, that fascinating? And, and this is becoming real. Yeah, so basically, loyalty programs as a mechanism to track your interaction across all formats. <laughs> oh, 100%. I mean, Target will give you 2% cash back to do it, right? Yep. On everything. And by the way, uh, Amazon is taking it much further with their buy with Prime, right? So you can stick a buy with Prime on <laughs> any of your D2C sites and, uh, you know, and there's a reason why they're doing that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and if you look at, you know, kind of, which of the retail media networks have like the highest ROI, you know, it's, it's very most focused on like, you know, those who, who can leverage large, you know, kind of scale in store as well, um, especially in higher price point items, like, like they, they did a path to purchase study and the number one highest ROI retail media network was Best Buy. Right. Interesting. Um, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, it, it's obviously the price point, but also, you know, just being able to, to kind of look at those two journeys where electronics has so much online penetration and the ability to also drive it in store is just massive for them. So let's uh, just shed some light on kind of physical store media formats, Trevor, because I'm, you know, you're, ex you're exposed to a lot of this. So can you walk the audience through some examples of formats you're starting to see? Yeah. And, you know, I think it's like, you know, 
realistically, I, th I think it's kind of like early internet and banner ads, right? Sure. Yeah. Um, like, like, you know, the media formats are basic, right? What can you deploy to everything? Well, video, yeah. right? So ton of video. In fact, like if you look at the surveys of like what percent uh, have placed ads in store, there's like one for ads and there's one for videos. Like videos, you know, is its own line item because like, it's just easy. We know how to do that. And there, there's an organization online called the IAB who you, you, you obviously know, but yeah. like they have standard ad formats and what can be served. So all the people who serve ads can easily traffic in these things. Yeah. What does interactive ads look like in store? I don't know. Yeah. What are the standards there? What, what are the best ways to represent buttons to increase interaction? What data can you gather? What do you do if you have connectivity? What if you don't have connectivity? How do you think about syncing media? How do you sync to the point of sale? Like, there's just yeah. so many issues that haven't really been figured out. Yeah. So, um, you know, to me, there's a lot of just screens, right? You know, and yeah. it's your standard 16 by nine. And, you know, one of the, one of the, uh, one of the digital signage, you know, publications is called 16 by nine, right? Like, yeah. and like, it's like whatever you think you can do on that. Most of it is not interactive. A lot of it is like updated still with a USB and it's like battery operated. It's terrible. It's and absolutely terrible. Be, I think. Hard to be personalized. You know, the, it doesn't recognize you or, you know, or your intent. Those are all yeah, yeah. challenges in the physical store. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and that's changing right now. So we have front facing cameras, um, you know, that can tell your demographic and play different for male, female, you know, old Gen X like me and you and versus, you know, millennial and Gen Z, right? Yeah. Um, which, you know, we've been testing and, and, and we see vastly different response rates. So you can kind of, you know, a target, I would call target rather than personalized. Sure. I think, um, you know, the other formats that are becoming interesting are electronic shelf labels. So these are the thin strips that you see on the shelves. Um, more, more, much more popular in Europe because getting pricing right, right, there are actually stricter regulations that if you don't do the price right, it's really punitive, but yeah. also because the cost of labor is much higher. And so the cost of changing those prices is much higher. Now, this is starting to flip. Um, you know, th this is in Carrefour and, you know, Walgreens Boots. And, you know, there's a company called Pricer who's, mm -hmm. you know, implementing through all, you know, large store footprints. Um, we, we saw a crack in the North America uh, region last year with Best Buy Canada uh, working with Pricer. And then this year, Walmart announced in March a deal with uh, SAS uh, and Magitech. And um, I think we're going to see electronic shelf labels come into their own over the next you know, uh, 12, 24 months. Um, and uh, that's going to be a new media format because it's not just I mean, it's thin, so you can't do too much. Too much, yeah. Um, but you can yep. put a QR code, a price, and some basic animations. Interesting. And I think there are going to be new ways that you can leverage screens. That, like, if I'm interacting for screen, I find a product. Like, what if the ESL, that electronic shelf label, would animate right to where your product is? So you'd be like, oh, it's right over here. Yeah. Um, you know, those type of things. So I think you're going to see a lot of that. I think a lot of it's going to be focused on couponing and savings. Uh, other media formats, interactive shopping carts, um, starting to see some interesting traction there. I'm not that bullish about it right now because if you've ever seen what people do to shopping <laughs> carts, like, you know, you don't want to put electronics anywhere near them, right? Like babies, dogs, 
spilling yes. water all over it. Uh-huh. Um, uh, and, and the price is too high, but long-term, I think that's going to be good. There's also retail media at Bopis Lockers, right? So the challenge goes back to standardization. Mm-hmm. How do we scale this? How do we buy it? How do I know I'm having an impact? How do we not make the overhead in yeah. trafficking a campaign so high that you deplenish all the value of, um, of the media campaign itself? If I was a brand in this environment, like what are what are some brands that are doing it really well, really well, and just what are the characteristics? Like what, what are they doing differently from others to really exploit this uh, this uh, this trend? Yeah, you know it, it's hard, right? Because I mean, w- one of the things you know is like how does how does digital actually help the shopper experience, right? Mm-hmm. And and I would ask you like. Tell, tell me, how are your ads traffic down to Amazon helping my Amazon experience? Go, like, like give me a good answer. I'm, I'm dying. <laughs> um, I think the um, one thing I would say is that there <laughs> are... <laughs> good question. But I think one thing I'll say, though, is that there are creative ad formats, right? Speak about the product uh, more in depth. For example, video formats. Uh, hopefully educate a customer about a product, um, you know, uh, product detail pages full of ads. I'm not sure. <laughs> All right. it, yeah. And, and look, I think you could argue that with the data that we have creating a marketplace where people are willing to bid, you almost bid based upon likelihood of conversion, right? Correct. So you're helping to match brands who are most likely to convert with their shoppers versus whatever's organic on the page, yep. which could be based on, ratings and reviews and some other ancillary things. So you could argue there's some matching, but the more ads you put on my Google search page, the less I get to the Google search results, right? Yeah. Yep. And, you know, I think one of the things we have to figure out is how do we provide value, right? Yeah. And, you know, like you mentioned, if I'm on a PDP and I, I'm here, don't buy this, buy that, buy this, <laughs> buy that. Like, like yep. no, I'm just trying to figure out if this thing is right for me. And, um, and, and so we really need to think about, you know, kind of what's the right experience. And so going back to your question of like, who's doing digital in store well, yeah. you know, right now, when I, when I talk to my colleagues, whether it's rethink retails, top 100 and, or others, you know, we're talking about people like Nike mm. and Zara and others. And, you know, a lot of where they're focused on is the buying process and utilities. So I want to book. A fitting room. Could do that on my yeah. mobile and not have to wait online and then calls me when I'm ready. That's pretty great. Um, Amazon has their fashion store where you're like, okay, I don't have to even bring the clothes with me. I just say, just scan this shirt. I want to see it in a medium and a large, and I'll meet you in the, the fitting room in 15 minutes. Yep. Um, they have personalization tools. Uh, so if you want to, you know, customize your sneakers, those type of things. Uh, but it's a, it's a lot about buying utilities and Bopis and it's not in store, but I can buy it and skip the line at Zara. And it's less a little bit less about product selection. Yeah. And, and I think that's a little bit of the next frontier, which is like, you know, how do we align these advertising incentives to steal the sale, to, to capture market share with improving the shopper experience? And, you know, 
it's it's kind of like the Google ads. Like you know, yeah. I, first page of first page of Google is all ads these days. Like <laughs> you know, seventy percent or more on a mobile device, right? Yeah, and yeah. it's been that way and, for a little while now. Yeah, yeah, and so you know, I think one of the challenges as we look at the evolution of this, you know, is how do we balance this 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 revenue, this high margin revenue, uh, with you know, destroying our experience, right? Probably so I'll give you a stat. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, and this is very attainable. You know, retail media networks, if they increase grocery revenues just by 4.3%, 4.3, they double profits wow. for a grocery store. Double. Wow. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, and, 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 and you look at the assumptions, totally reasonable to, 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 to drive an additional 4.3% in revenue, but it's 80% margins, right? Yep. So yep. there's going to be this really big incentive to turn our shopping experiences into Times Square. And yep. I think, you know, as you look at it, there's, there's got to be this balance where you're like, oh, I'm going to build it up, build it up, build it up. And then shoppers start complaining. And then you're like, I don't want to go to that site because it's, got blinky text all over it and like all that 1998 stuff that we you know, dealt with. I think, and I, mean, I would say that just to add to that, I would say that that is a unique uh, constraint of retail media in general, because, you know, yes, Google had to contend with a search result experience against ads and so did Facebook to a certain extent, but not really as much as these retailers have to, right? They have, I'm pretty sure Amazons of the world are constantly doing this testing between ad revenue versus decline in conversion rate and where is that balance and so on and so forth. That actually is a unique uh, challenge for everyone in retail media. Sorry, I, I didn't yeah. And, but 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 what's interesting is is the testing and feedback is instantaneous, right? True. Whereas True. when you deal with the physical world and you install too many screens, yep. Then what happens? Now you got to uninstall screens <laughs> or change the screens, and in, 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 and so I think it's going to be more incremental. Um, yeah. It's not going to be as fast, but I think you know it's going to be to the incremental point where you get negative feedback, and then we're going to have to pull it back. Right. And I think, I think the other opportunity is you know retailers need to realize that they can't just sell their shoppers to other people. Yes. They should be yes. selling their shoppers to themselves, right? Yep. How do I, if I'm Kroger, how do I get you in the Kroger ecosystem? Yep. If I'm Walmart, right? And you take Great some allergy point. medicines, right? Like you pick up an allergy medicine, Perch wakes up and says, you know, don't buy this, don't buy this. No, no, no. You know, if you're thinking about allergy, why not schedule with the allergist at a Walmart health, a Walmart health clinic? Totally. How do I get you deeper into the ecosystem? And so you're actually looking at lifetime value. You're looking at retention of the client. You're thinking of this much more holistically. Yeah. And <clears throat> I think the real challenge with all of this is it's super easy to measure an ad, right? Click-through rate, conversion rate, margin on the item return yep. on ad spend, you know, yep. like I'm not even in that world and I know all the, and a lot of the metrics and I'm sure the metrics you look at are much more, you can look at, you know, velocities and accelerations on clicks and shares and virality and blah, 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 blah. How do you measure in-store experience? Yeah. And how does one little thing change the overall metric of the audience, right? Like yep. online, this little thing affected exactly these number of people, let's just measure these people. And it's, 
it's harder to do that and it's slower. And I think, you know, retailers have been reluctant to take chances. And now they're at a point where they have to, and they see that there's so much upside that they've left on the table, you know, that, that now is the time start testing, start testing. And a lot of the retailers, I mean, these are low margin businesses. So it's, it's, it's not like, you know, they could just do all kinds of expensive experiments. They, they don't have that leeway either in most cases. So I don't know if Walmart, could, how many billions of dollars does Walmart lose on e-commerce every year? Right. Like, you yeah. know, that's, I mean, that's the other, that's the other kind of like perverse thing about, you know, stores and online, right. Which is, <laughs> you know, you know, we keep on funneling money into this loss leader and it's like, <laughs> Hey, by the way, do, do, you know, like forget the fact that 80, 85% of transactions are in store. All of the profits are in store. Like, what are you doing? Right. Come on guys. Trevor, so, you got, I, I you want know. you to share the stat. I heard, I heard, or I've seen one of your PowerPoints about uh, media spend as a percent versus purchases as a percent. What can, can you share with the audience? The, uh, yeah. The stat? Yeah, I mean, only 1% of digital media is spent where 85% of transactions occur. That's crazy. And <laughs> it's crazy. And I remember, the, I don't know if you, Mary Meeker's you know, State of the Internet report was always the biggest thing. And one of the biggest graphs was always right at the beginning was like, how much time do we spend on each channel and how much advertising like mm. revenue is there? And like, if there was less advertising revenue proportionally the amount of time spent, we knew that that was going to grow to catch yeah, up. Totally. Sim- similarly, like 1%, 85, <laughs> right? And so, I, you know, I, I think the physical world is, you know, just a huge opportunity. I think about e-commerce, like, I don't know what you guys are going to do with e-commerce. I, it's going to be great. It's going to be iterative. Like you squeezed yeah. a lot out of that already. It's yep. going to be iterative improvement. I think you're going to see revolutionary improvements in store, whether it's profitability, data gathering, like literally the store is a black box. They barely know what's happening in traffic, let alone which products people pick up. Why do people pick up this product and convert at 10% and they pick up this product and convert at 20%? No one knows because they're not measuring that, right? We're going to learn so many things by shining a light into the store. and I think, you know, whether it's the profitability, the economics, the technologies, you know, the cost of hardware going down, 5G connectivity, lighting up the store, the fact that we're building stores with power all over because like, hey, the world yep. runs on electricity. There's, everything's kind of happening for these foundational layers to occur. And, you know, that, 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 that's what, what gets me jazzed. Totally. And I mean, even um, Amazon, right? There's they're running seven, eight different store format experiments right now as we speak. So there's that yep. happening as well. So <laughs> and, and it's going to be really interesting to see, right? Because Amazon closed down their four star stores, they closed down yep. their bookstores. Uh, they're all in on Amazon Go, and they're expanding that out. Um, I, you know, they have this, you know, th- their revenues as much come from enabling other retailers and brands. True. And so I think they have aspirations to sell this to other retailers, but other retailers are never going to give up their SKU data and customer data and transaction data to do that. So they're focused on like travel retail and non-competitive. But I think, you know, there's some really interesting things that they're doing with like 
measurement of media and changing, you know, activity on the shelf based upon Amazon Go data. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of talk about them enabling retail media networks at Whole Foods, which if you walked into Whole Foods, you're not going to find a digital screen anywhere, yep. right? And yep. that's that's starting to change. And you know, ultimately, if you look at that, you know, Whole Foods as an acquisition, like their revenues went down. Their in-store revenues went down. Yeah. You know, even during COVID, right? Yep. Like when grocery was as hot as could be. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if Amazon gets in-store retail. And I don't fully understand what they're missing. Yeah. Um, uh, I don't know they're going to be the ones that crack it, to be honest. Um, but I think um, if you look at Wal what Walmart and Target are doing, um, they have both the scale to amortize like these big bets on technology across a large number of stores. Yep. Um, I think that's pretty exciting. If you look at what they're doing in terms of their retail media networks and combining in store and online, I mean, it's 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 so early. It's so very early. I don't want to call it pre prehistoric, but like when I think about what they could do with that, I think it's going to be I think it's going to be amazing. Yeah, I mean, Walmart has what like, and this is a stat that I've seen multiple times: what ninety five percent household coverage in the country, or something like that. I mean, yep. imagine that reach. Um, I want to ask you a question, um, Trevor, that I think a lot of brands we work with uh, think about, right, in one form or fashion, which is, you know, you've got Amazon, which is a behemoth when it comes to just retail media tonnage, right? They made 35 billion or whatever last, I think, last year. And the rest of the retailers combined are smaller. Um, if I were a brand, how should I think about deploying resources to manage this full spectrum of uh, the retail media network? Yeah, I mean, like, look, you, you kind of go where the dollars are spent. So like yeah. spending money on Amazon, I mean, that makes sense. That's what you do. Uh, yeah. But, you know, what we've learned along the way is if you're early on in an emerging network, often you get kind of outsized gains, right? When Ashton Kutcher joined Twitter really early and dared, dared CNN to the first to a million users, he became a media icon, right? Yeah. And, you know, I think, you know, the early people on TikTok advertising, I saw their CPCs and CPAs and I was like, whoa, wow. <laughs> I mean, it's like three times better than what you were getting on Instagram. Yep. But, you know, it was more work and it was harder because, you know, the tools weren't as, as advanced. And I think you've got to think about a little bit about that. Yeah. I, I think that's where we are within store media. And yeah. I think, you know, one, you know, if, and I think you had mentioned this, like one of the biggest challenges for people joining some of these networks is there's, there's just not enough audience. There's not enough, you know, yeah. targeted people within your category. I, yeah. I mean, it, it ties right back to online traffic, right? So it's, you know, your, your ad inventory is a direct proportion of traffic and, you know, certainly relative to Amazon, almost every other retailer is smaller. Uh, and strategically, they may not even be a focus to drive that volume up, right? Um, and if you look at what Amazon does, it's not just shopping, it's Prime Video, it's uh, Twitch, it's, it's all kinds of stuff that they're surrounding the sh shopper with. And so that makes you keep coming back and it drives up traffic and time spent on site, all of which is like, you know, drives um, advertising inventory. 
which these retailers don't yet have, at least most of them don't yet have. Yeah, and you announced uh, recently being part of the Walmart network, right? Yeah, yeah, um, yes, yes. And and you, you shared earlier some numbers, like is that is it a big enough network to do meaningful throughput on your on your ad budgets? I think that uh, great question. I think there are specific categories where it is very very meaningful, um, you know, and so I, it just depends on who you are as a brand. And then frankly, they are putting so much investment into bringing uh, honestly more participation, not just from the shopper side, but from the seller side as well. So my answer would be uh, absolutely, perhaps not as big as Amazon just yet, but meaningful for sure. So yeah. And I imagine it falls off. I mean, Instagram has, uh, sorry, uh, uh, Instacart has built a billion dollar business uh, on the retail media span. But I think, you know, people need to use tools like yours, right? Like where it's just like, yes, I'm click, you know, checkbox Amazon, checkbox, checkbox Walmart. And yep. as much as possible, convert the creatives. So I don't have to think about it. Yep. Now for in-store, that's just not going to be the case, no. right? <laughs> yeah, However, enough. you already have a sunk cost as a brand for marketing in store. You have a sales team, you have a shopper marketing teams. You're worried about the planogram and the planogram you're redesigning every two to three months and you're so deeply ingrained in the operations and, and you've got a whole group doing that. And meanwhile, you've got a whole nother group on national advertising, right? Yeah. That's doing something different, yeah. right? I think ultimately if these teams start talking together sure. and they start adopting technology, whether it's like Perch, where we're looking at traffic, we're looking at demographic, we're looking at you know what things people click on the, on, on the, uh, on the planogram. We're, we're overturning, like if you ask anybody like, where do you put your best products on, on the planogram on an end cap? They'll all say eye level, right? And often center. Well, the answer yeah. is actually the edges are better. Eye level is still good, but the edges are the best. Interesting. And, mm -hmm. and nobody knows this, but if we get the national advertisers to look at media in store, if you look at it on a cost per click basis where you know picking up a product is a click, we're actually half the price, two thirds, one third of the price of Facebook or you know, Instagram or Google. And when you start looking at these media metrics and say, okay, what does it mean for the advertising organization yeah. to start talking to the in-store shopper marketing? And I got to be honest, these are completely different cultures. Yeah. I live on data. I live on metrics. I live on scale. Shopper marketers. I live on relationships. Yeah. I live on programs that are you know, organized three to six months in advance, you know, how do you bring these two worlds together? And how do we leverage the money from advertising, not just to get better impressions where I think the audiences are most valuable at the bottom of the funnel, in front of your product, 20 feet from the point of sale. How yeah. do you use that money to tighten your relationships with your strategic retailers where 85% of transactions occur? How do you use it to get more data? Because you don't actually even know what's going on in the store or how people shop to give you a distinct advantage. How do you leverage that experience here to pull data out so we can leverage first party data back in the national advertising world? Yeah. These are the big questions. And I think if you're running a brand and you've got this kind of siloed organization, I think it's very difficult to really be thoughtful about how you merge them together because there's different cultures, different metrics, different worlds, different processes, relationships versus relationships with technology. And, you know, 
it's not a, like you can't like Sephora actually mixed their they took their online and their in-store departments which are completely separate they put them together wow didn't really work they separated them again interesting it's it's not easy it's not easy it's uh i mean uh, th- that's a great point and probably cannot overemphasize ever just the importance of like org structure design to align you know these i think groups with seemingly different objectives really right um uh, great point does i think it doesn't get talked about enough um so trevor yeah, just and if to- you think about it it's like but before before just to hit on that it's like if you give your money to facebook what do you get <laughs> nothing you barely get a call back i mean <laughs> you know or or Google, like it doesn't matter how much you spend on Google, like yeah. what they look at is how much your budget is increasing. And that's how much like, you know, how much attention they give you. Sure. Um, but if you give your money to Kroger, what do you get? You get better data, better, better, you know, um, uh, placement in store. Yeah. Uh, you know, you get better, you better, you know, kind of organization around logistics, uh, better SEO and other ways that you can kind of promote your products both online better visibility all around. Like these are your kind of strategic outlets, at least the same with Amazon, I, I imagine. It's like you spend money with Amazon where you're actually selling the product versus a media company who can offer you nothing other than media. Yeah. Like there's gotta be more strategic ways you can spend your money. And I think retailers can fill that void. Totally. So Trevor, <clears throat> I'm gonna uh, wrap this up with kind of a future question, crystal ball question. Like if you were to dial forward three years, five years, and we both walked into a store that has been serious about retail media. What would that universe look like, you think? <laughs> Oof, three years is really, really, really Short. slow. That's true. That, that is true. That is true. Um, <laughs> I think I think we're going to start, start really getting it right in that three to five year period. But the next three years, it's going to be a lot of blinky text and ads yeah. at you. Um, uh, I think the smarter retailers who really look at customers and data and Kroger, by the way, has a whole performance marketing group called 8451. Yep. Albertsons does performance media group and look, they're going to be distracted by the cash, you know, <laughs> like cash corrupts us. And <laughs> the size of this opportunity is just massive. It fundamentally takes all that money you've been thrown away at Facebook and Google and brings it back into the retail ecosystem. Yeah. And then that money can be used to update the store experience, right? Yeah. I think you're going to start, you're going to see electronic shelf labels. You're going to see really tight integration with the mobile phone. Um, and so, you know, you're going to be able to see things. I, you know, I, we failed at beacons beacons was so it was so exciting right and then yep, yep. you know what happened we just like yep. pushed the ads down your throat you know everybody's like <laughs> i don't want this i don't want it right and yep. i think retail media is going to follow the kind of same thing but what about you know if i picked up you know this product right and it sent a coupon to my phone because i know which product you picked up because yep. i have that intelligence of computer vision what if you know, I scan the QR code and put it on my Christmas wish list, right? Yeah. Um, you know, I think we're going to see electronic shelf labels at scale in three years, three to five years, and that's going to open up media. I think we're going to see brands start shifting budgets to less, you know, well, a lot of 
blinky, you know, <laughs> blinky text and interruptive, non-interactive media. Uh, but I think they're also going to really be looking at how do I educate customers in store and connect to that mobile phone. I think we're going to see attribution of online and in store. And I think with the metrics that we look at right now are just kind of weird, right? Yeah. So yes. if I buy online and pick up in store, that's an online purchase. Totally. But if I go in store and then purchase it for online, that's also an online purchase. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, that's not consistent. Well, why yeah. are we doing that? Well, the street wants us to maximize our growth of e-commerce, right? Yep. Yep. As these worlds blur together, I think it's going to be unhealthy to keep doing that. And uh, I have a friend named Stephen Dennis of Sageberry Consulting, and he talks about this as, as, as kind of harmonized retail. And, you know, I think we're going to need a different set of metrics. We're going to look at things differently. I think it's going to be much more intelligent. It's going to be much more personal. Every retailer is going to know who I am with my mobile phone. And it's going to be because it offers me value, yeah. not because I get more banner ads because of it. Totally. And that, that, that we're going to, we're going to have a bumpy couple years. Uh, it's going to be great for cash. It's going to be great for P&Ls. And then we're going to get a little bit of pullback. And then I think, you know, the, the first feedback from the customer, like this isn't quite working the way we want it to, is going to drive people to really focus on that shopper experience. Yep. And I think just a lot of things like headless commerce systems and other things are, are going to be at the right place at the right time to help put it all together. And, um, you know, I, like I, th I think about, I think about random things. I think about like Nike has this, um, this uh, scavenger hunt thing that they mm -hmm. do on their, on their mobile phones, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but they never send people in store on the scavenger hunt. <laughs> I'm like, Interesting. like, you could, you could, you could like, one of the pieces of the scavenger hunt is you got to scan the QR code next to the LeBron shoe, like, yep. or scan the LeBron shoe yep. and send a thousand people into the Nike store. <laughs> like, you could do like you could do some really interesting things around the shopper journey holistically. And I think that's going to be generated by digital messaging, both in store and online. And I think it's going to be pretty exciting. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Trevor, this has been a fascinating conversation. Loved your perspective and where the space is going. Uh, lots of excitement. And I think the one headline stat that I'm it's hard for me to forget is what, you know, 1% of media spent is where 85% of purchases happen. And I think that reflects just the broad opportunity that exists for retail media in the context of physical stores. Trevor, thank you for taking the time. Uh, always a pleasure and uh, hope to connect with you soon again in a similar conversation. Uh, again, thanks so much. Sounds great. Great to reconnect and, uh, and be a part of this uh, revolution in front of us. So, Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Take care. Thank you for listening. Check out the past episodes of Intendwise Connect at intendwise.com slash podcast.